This entire season of Retronauts is fully funded by listeners like you thanks to Patreon. If you'd like to find out how you can help and get episodes a week in advance, head on over to patreon.com slash retronauts. Thanks and enjoy the show. Everybody and welcome to a brand new episode of Retronauts Micro. This is your host, Bob Mackey, and in case you weren't aware of the whole micro format, these episodes are ones we do in the off weeks, typically either just me or Jeremy, talking about a subject that normally couldn't fill an entire 90-minute episode. And these episodes couldn't happen without the help of our Patreon backers, so if you do back us, thanks a lot for your support. Now, before I begin, I have a little plug to tell you guys about, and normally the plugs go at the end of the episode, but I'm putting this here to make it a little bit harder to skip. So even though you can skip it, please don't. So that said, I have a little podcast project that I'm guessing most of you, or at least a lot of you, will be interested in. I'm finally doing my Dream Simpsons podcast with the Laser Time Network. It's called Talking Simpsons, and we're doing an episode of the podcast for every episode of The Simpsons, starting with the first season. Now, this is not a commentary track, if that's what you're thinking. It is more of a companion piece to every episode of The Simpsons. And if you're interested in listening to this podcast, just go to patreon.com slash lasertime. And for only $5 a month, you can listen to that podcast every week, along with a whole bunch of other great bonus stuff from the amazing crew over at the Laser Time Podcast Network. Now that that bit of unprofessionalism is out of the way, it's time to talk about our main topic for this episode. So if you've been listening to Retronauts since its beginning, you might have noticed that we've gotten kind of cranky about digital re-releases of old games over the past, uh, let's say, eight years. Because it started off strong, like Retronauts was born out of this era where it seemed like there would always be digital re-releases of old games. Uh, Virtual Console started with three games a week, PSN was booming in those days, and we just assumed everything that we loved would eventually be replayable again, but, you know, that certainly didn't bear out the way we thought it would. These days, when an old game comes out on PSN or Virtual Console, it's usually once every three weeks, once every month, and, and then it's a game we didn't even ask for. So while there are huge gaps in these libraries, like, hey, you know, where's Yoshi's Island, the true Yoshi's Island? We have things like Spelunker, which, God, nobody's asking for this, and if you are, shame on you. I'm just kidding, it's okay to like Spelunker. Believe it or not, this scattershot approach does have its good qualities. You might not care about, let's say, the Japanese release of Tomba 2, but digging around in the nearly impossible-to-navigate PSN store can yield some great games you never knew you wanted, if you know where to look. And one of them is the subject of this episode, from Software's 1999 PlayStation adventure game, Echo Knight. Now, From Software didn't have the best reputation in the States until fairly recently, and even when Dark Souls and Demon Souls came out, it took a few years for people to really believe that From Software could create something so fantastic. And looking back at the few reviews for Echo Knight that are online, it's really clear that this game was kind of ahead of its time. Uh, in fact, it feels a lot like what a modern indie game would be like today, and if I dare use the term, Echo Knight is very much a walking simulator or first-person exploration game, whatever you want to call it. It fits snugly within the confines of that kind of experience. I don't really need to tell you that back in 1999. 
console gamers weren't quite ready for a slow and contemplative combat-free adventure game from the first-person perspective from a Japanese developer. Uh, Looking at the reviews for this, the ones that are online at least, the main uh, emotion expressed is just pure bafflement over this thing and how it even got made. Thanks to the indie movement over the past decade, I do think an experience like Echo Knight is much more palatable today, even if it is operating on some pretty creaky technology. So what is Echo Knight? Well, Without giving any spoilers, I've already explained the format. It's a first-person adventure game, but what do you do in this game? Well, like any good walking simulator or environmental puzzle game, you are kind of at the scene of a disaster after the disaster, and you're trying to figure out what exactly happened. And the setting in this case is a cruise ship known as the Orpheus. And you essentially spend the entire game exploring this ship, talking to the ghosts on the ship, solving their problems, and hopefully figuring out how to get off of this cursed ghost ship that you found yourself on through some horrible circumstances. So basically, you explore this ship, unlocking more and more of it as you go along, and opening handy shortcuts along the way. And throughout your journey, you solve the problems of friendly ghosts who still have unfinished business left on this Earth. While some of these puzzles involve the ship itself, others warp you into the ghost past to experience a little vignette about how they befell their respective fate. Not all the ghosts are friendly, however. Some do not take the whole Casper mentality. The Orpheus contains a handful of vengeful spirits that want nothing more than to end your life. And luckily, these guys are usually confined to one room, and all it takes to defeat them is to turn the light switch on. So many of the puzzles in Echo Knight involve finding a way to turn the power on in certain rooms, or finding the items you need to defeat these ghosts permanently. And there is no combat. You are kind of left to your own devices. And basically, that is the, uh, the the scary part of this game, although in retrospect, these ghosts look more like poorly constructed pinatas than anything that could possibly scare anyone. So if you're worried about playing a scary game, Echo Knight is a little creepy, but it's never super scary. Now, the reason I brought up the non-scary qualities of these ghosts is that there's kind of a hurdle you have to jump in order to get into Echo Knight, because... Uh, The kindest way I can say this is that it's a hideous game. Uh, The 1999 release date may have you thinking otherwise before you play it, but it really looks like a really early PlayStation game. And uh, it shouldn't surprise you that it is running off the Kingsfield engine. So if you imagine what Kingsfield looks like or what those games, you know, how they play, that's exactly how Echo Knight plays. In fact, your character controls very much like a Mars rover. Um, I believe the L2 and L1 buttons move your head up and down, the R2 and R1 buttons um, strafe, and it's very much built for a digital controller. So it might take you a few hours just to get used to the ugliness of Echo Knight's world, but I actually appreciate it on a retro level because it's interesting to see how these uh, developers tried to create a convincing world with a very, very limited set of tools. And that's definitely reflected by the flavor text in the game, and I probably should call that flavorless text based on how kind of bland it is. You can click on most ordinary objects in the game, but they're not going to give you a lot of interesting descriptions. So if you click on a desk, it'll say, this is a desk. If you click on a chair, it'll say, this is a chair. And I think the intent behind that was that From was worried that players wouldn't understand the objects around them because they're kind of poorly rendered. So if you're not sure what that thing is in front of you, it'll give you a very straightforward description. Yes, you are looking at a desk. Believe it or not, this is a desk. This is the best desk we could build. So please believe us when we say it's a desk. 
So that was my simple disclaimer, but if you're listening to Retronauts, I don't think you're going to have a problem with how Echo Knight looks or plays if you're used to old games. And frankly, I kind of have a weird fixation on these early 3D games because of how they use abstraction the way that old sprite graphics do. I, I kind of like just the shortcuts and the visual tricks that these old 3D games made because they nothing looks like them today. I mean, we're all used to Unreal Engine and things like that, but these games all look so distinct. And even if they are kind of ugly, there's a certain charm to them that I absolutely love. And really, Echo Knight is a pretty charming game. As I said, it's ahead of its time in that it's so low-key, where most PlayStation games were in your face, throwing weapons at you and getting explosions everywhere. Echo Knight just wants you to walk around in a haunted cruise ship soak it in, solve puzzles, and figure stuff out. And there's all these little nice touches too. There's a day and night cycle, there's these gambling mini-games you can unlock, and really, the ship has a lot of character. I, I have to applaud from software for this strange little experiment. The market certainly wasn't ready for it, but there are several sequels. There's at least two, and one was just fan-translated, and I might be streaming that at some point in the future. I'm a, I'm a big Echo Knight fanboy now, so uh, yeah, look forward to me playing more of these games and hopefully talking about them more in the future. So before I wrap up, I did want to give everyone out there a uh, brief window into the expectations as to what a video game should be by reading a little sliver of an Echo Knight review from when it was released. Now, I'm not doing this to disparage the reviewer in any way, who I'm sure has left the industry by now, but I am doing it to show you what people wanted from a game, what people thought games should be back in 1999. Thankfully, 16 years later, things like the indie movement that I mentioned before and experiments in game design have given us a much broader definition for what a game should be. But back then, things were very, very different. So here's my quote. Although this is mainly a puzzle-solving mystery, your character can still take damage. It's not uncommon to run into a few different evil spirits. Unfortunately, there are no cool weapons for you to use. Instead, you'll dispose of evil spirits with a light switch. Flipping on the lights isn't what I'd consider an adventure. So that's about all she wrote for this episode of Retronauts Micro. As always, I've been Bob Mackey, and if you want to find us online, you can go to Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, SoundCloud, and several other things, including YouTube as Retronauts. Also, please remember to go to usgamer.net. That's where Jeremy and I have our day jobs, and we also post Retronauts there. And for every episode that we post there, there's an entire article, including links to things we talked about, what songs we used, and places for you to leave your comments. So please go to usgamer.net if you haven't. That would help us out a lot. Finally, this show is fan-supported by listeners like you. So if you want to help us out, help us pay for recording equipment, pay for trips, pay for Jeremy to fly out and record with us, it only takes a dollar a month to become a Retronauts patron. And for that dollar, you can get episodes a week in advance. And there are physical rewards for people who want to donate more than a dollar a month. So please go to patreon.com slash retronauts if you want to help us out. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back next week with a brand new full-length episode. See you then.